0: Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you. And joining me is somebody who, uh, so I saw a tweet of yours yesterday, and I thought it was fascinating. And it was about Xavier Howard. He's the first guy to have double-digit picks since 2008. And I was like, you know, I haven't talked to Jeff Kerr in a while. Let me see what he's up to. So joining us now from CBS Sports, Jeff Kerr. Hello, Jeff.
1: Vince, how's it going, my man?
0: It's going good. So, first off, I mean, the Xavier Howard thing, I, I really do think that's amazing. I mean, for the, to be the only corner since 2008 to have double-digit picks, like, how do you make sense of something like that? Don't, don't you think more people would have picks in an era of football like this?
1: You would think, right, Vince? But here's the thing that I, I think we're kind of forgetting now. And I think Terrell Revis had a lot to do with it. When he had that crazy 2009 year, the whole Revis Island year, you notice he wasn't thrown to, like, on his side of the field that much when he was the primary, like, target. I feel like that's what's happening with quarterbacks now. And the Dolphins secondary was so good last year, you had to pick between Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, and they decided to choose the, the quote-unquote lesser of two evils. But Xavier Howard just proved like you did in 2018. He's just really good, and when you throw the football this way, he's going to catch it.
0: Yeah, so for him, now he's holding out. We'll see what happens with all that. But I guess uh, let's just look at the football season as a whole because that's the other thing too, Jeff. Like, I'm antsy, man. I'm antsy for football. I know it's coming around the corner. I'm reading the news all the time. Like, I just, I'm desperate for football. So let me ask you this. Like, what are you looking forward to this year? What What is the thing that Jeff Kerr wants to see in the NFL this season?
1: So the one thing I'm really looking forward to as a fan of the game and as someone who covers it, the 17-game season, uh, you know, having that extra week of football, you know, everybody goes, we don't need that. I'm like, I think we'll be pretty pleased with what's going to happen. Like, you know, it, it's going to be right after Christmas, uh, right after New Year's, you know, I don't want to say mid-January because it's technically early January. And, mm-hmm. you know, you think you're in that 17th game or, or, or that 17th weekend, you think you're done. And you're like, well, hold on a second. We got an extra week. So, you know, records are going to be flying off the handle. I, I think at least some will anyway. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with totals and stuff. But, you know, you got that. You got games of playoff implications. And, you know, last year during the COVID year, I was most to say for the 14-game uh, or the 14-team playoff, that ended up not disappointing. I, I, I honestly feel this whole 17-game season is going to be great for us as as the fans.
0: Well, yeah, it's one of those things where – a lot of people complained about it. And for me, I was like, hey, keep it to 16 unless you give a bye week. And they didn't give a bye week. So that that bothers me a little bit. But ultimately, man, I, I know that I'm going to be sitting there week 15 and being like, yeah, we got three weeks left. Like, let's go. It's more football. <laughs> you know? It's like it's, yeah, it's really I, that simple.
1: I was just like you. I felt they needed an extra bye week in there. In 1993, they had two bye weeks. and They had an 18-week season. They It should have been a 19-week year. I mean, what's the difference that the Super Bowl's play in late February or February 13th like they want uh, it. I just don't understand that.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't know. They For whatever reason, yeah, they decide not to do it and whatever. But let me ask you about this because uh, this is one of the most fascinating things, really, not just going on with the NFL, but going on with sports, period, is the NFL's really going out of their way in the past couple of days. I'm seeing report after report after report. They're trying to identify Players that are vaccinated and not vaccinated, and I saw they're even trying to do it with guys like as they're on the field. They want to have stickers on them. Is this a gambling thing? Is that really what it boils down to?
1: I think it is, Vince. And you know, when you got someone like you and me, that's you know betting on these games. And you know, I don't go crazy when you know when you bet on NFL stuff. But you know, if you're, say you're trying to do like you know you're playing five bucks, on, and I'll be a generous here. You know, you put five bucks on say an Eagles Cowboys game and. The Cowboys aren't vaccinated, and you know, they end up having, you know, eight hours before the game about fifteen, sixteen people they can't play because of COVID and contract tracing. That's very concerning, and you know, I, I I truly feel that's what it is. The NFL trying to make a stand that you know you guys don't get vaccinated. Guess what? You're forfeiting the game. That's it. And I, I really feel it is gambling purposes. I feel they don't want these Wednesday games anymore, or. You know, the, the you know shuffling around the schedule. I think they hated doing that last year. I just think they're trying to make sure every game is played when it's supposed to be played next year.
0: Yeah, they seem to be putting in the effort for that big time. Which and, and you know what, I I get it too. I totally get why they're doing it. Tuesday games and all were a mess, so it, it is what it is. But we are talking with Jeff Curve, CBS Sports, and Jeff. Let me ask you this, right? Because you cover the whole league, you cover the whole NFL for CBS Sports. Who's a team this year that you think is going to be awful, right? Like, because it's easy to talk about the great teams. We know who those are. Who do you think is going to stink this year?
1: Well, I had to do record predictions, um, you know, over the summer uh, before I went on vacation for about 11, 12 teams. And I had the, uh, I guess you could think pleasure, of uh, <laughs> doing the Houston Texans. <laughs> and and I said to myself, is this team going to win a game this year? Like, I was completely honest about that. I had them 1-16. in And when... Um, John Breach, my coworker at CBS, did our final, uh, like, when it, he, he calculated all our records because he said we're all eternal optimists. And it pretty much went like this. For Somehow we, we miscalculated. We were like 29 games over 500. You're supposed to be even. And he goes, I really feel Kerr I'm, uh, made it even by going 1-16. And my boss literally said, yeah, he was being optimistic with that one too. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, yeah, they are. They're such
0: a mess in every way. I mean, you look at all of it and you just go, I don't know what this team has going for them." I mean, seriously, yeah. like what what do hey,
1: you say? Even if Deshaun Watson plays, they were four and twelve with him last year. So what does that tell me? So if you don't have Deshaun Watson, you know, your running game should be OK. It should be better. But, you know, you lost Will Fuller. Your offensive line's okay. Your defense lost J.J. Watt. They lost a bunch of guys. That, that, you know, they're not exactly that great either. It, it really makes me wonder: can this team win any game? I, I think it, you know it's the NFL. They will win a game you know any given Sunday, but it's just one of those where you, you're just thinking to yourself. It's almost like Space Jam Two, Vince. You know it's going to suck. <laughs> oh man, have you seen Space Jam Two? Have you have you put in the time yet? I watched it Friday morning at seven AM and I'm like a I went to that philosophy. It's a kids movie, it's a kids movie, it's a kids movie. I tried not to tweet about it and I didn't, but four minutes in when LeBron basically tried to copy like Jordan's beginning and did a montage and his like career montage was like forty five seconds of him just dunking, I'm like, What a loser <laughs> oh, And I like LeBron too, but I'm like, Come <laughs> on, man, like and, and, and honestly, like, I, I don't even think the movie was his fault. I I, I just feel Warner Brothers, just, it, it was basically like a promo for HBO Max.
0: That's what I've heard. Like, I was looking through articles uh, earlier today and something popped up on, on my feed where Rick and Morty are in Space Jam 2. Which they are I, in, it. They I love, are in I, it. I love Rick and Morty. Don't get me wrong. I think that show's amazing. But, like what are they doing in Space Jam 2? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it, you have to you have to see it to understand, like, what they're doing. It, it, and it's kind of like, you know, the Looney Tunes are spread out throughout, like, the, the Tunaverse, I guess you can call it. Okay. And, you know, it, it's just Rick and Morty just happen to be in a scene, and I'm just starting to laugh. I'm like, oh, my God, they actually use literally any piece of – their property they have and you know it was great and yeah you know, I, I do gotta say this Vince like I, I feel growing up you and I like we grew up with the Looney Tunes they were on Cartoon Network all the time you know you watched all those cartoons I, I I feel like we had a connection with them I don't know what this generation does and so you know you mix that with Michael Jordan who obviously was the biggest basketball icon on the planet like that was like if there was any athlete you knew when we were eight nine years old it was Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, with LeBron, I, I, I don't know, and you could actually, you actually have a story with Jordan. Michael Jordan actually did retire from basketball to play baseball and came back, and that was a year after he came back. and And I knew all about that because you know I was a sports fan, I was a basketball fan. But LeBron, it's like, so what's his story going to be in this? You know, you know it just kind of seemed forced.
0: Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I mean, for a lot of reasons, it makes a lot of sense. I, I was talking to a friend today. He said it stunk. I'm going to watch it anyway, just because. I just feel like a, an obligation to do it, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not thrilled about it exactly. Now let let's uh, let's get off of children's movie reviews and uh, let's get back to football for a minute because we are talking with Jeff Kerr. And by the way, I mean talking about getting all the properties in Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports joining me here on CBS Sports Radio. I mean that's a it's a beautiful kind of synergy. Uh, so so you get that going. But okay, here's here's a a thing that's I know it's going to be a big story real soon, but. With the Saints, right? Drew Brees retires. Now you got Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Do you think they're actually going to give Taysom Hill a real shot to win the job?
1: I think Taysom Hill gets a legitimate shot to win the job. And I'll tell you what, Vince. I'll go one further. I actually feel they can win football games with Taysom Hill over Jason uh, over Jameis Winston. Ooh. And this is this is not a knock on Jameis Winston. I honestly feel Taysom Hill. They just have a better chance because of. He adds that a different dynamic to that offense. Like, you, you know, and I think this is going to hurt Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry, Alvin Kamara fancy owners. I am one of them. Um, but I, I feel he is going to, uh, with that running game, I, it can be very dangerous because, you know, you can start and I wish the Saints had like, you know, and maybe they'll develop an r in here, but I wish they could run more 22 personnel, kind of like what the Raiders do, kind of like what the Ravens do. And, you know, you can run Taysom Hill around and you could do all that. And I I feel like you could just get a little more creative with a guy like Taysom Hill in your life. And again, I think James Winston will end up being the better quarterback, but this is what I want to point out to James Winston. The guy does turn the football over a lot. Taysom Hill did not do that last year. Like, the one game you could say Taysom Hill played bad was that Week 14 game against the Eagles, and he didn't really play that bad. He almost brought the Saints back to, uh, you know, for a win there. And they could have been 4-0 and in Taysom Hill's four starts. It's actually crazy to think that. They didn't seem to miss a beat. I actually kind of like that offense with Taysom Hill. I just don't know if the passing game will be up to snuff. If Sean Payton wants the passing game, I think he goes to James Winston. If he wants to win football games, I think he goes to Taysom Hill.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see it. Cause, and, and here's another thing too, is obviously you see what's going on with Baltimore and Lamar and he's negotiating his contract. I want to ask you about that in a second. If they're, if they're building the offense actually around Taysom Hill, like if they legitimately commit to the guy and his abilities, yeah, maybe, maybe they are a solid team in the South and they win a couple of games and maybe they get a wild card. Like they, they cause they're not going to win the division. Obviously you got the bucks in there, so there's just no chance, but Maybe like I could I could see that a little bit, so let me ask you this then, Jeff, because like like I was just saying, uh, Lamar Jackson is in a contract negotiation right now. What is he worth? like what what do you do for a contract with a guy like that?
1: Uh, with Lamar Jackson, this is what I would do. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's going to be one of the top three paid quarterbacks in football. Ooh. and because one, there has been one quarterback that has made 37 starts and won 30 games, Lamar Jackson. And you can say it's the offense. You can say it's John Harbaugh, Greg Roman, James Urban, whatever you want. But Lamar Jackson has been really, really good since he's been inserted as the starter of the Ravens in week 11 of the 2018 season. And he really has not stopped. Like, you know, I don't think people realize – how hard it is to do what Lamar Jackson did. The guy literally threw for 36 touchdowns this season, led the NFL in touchdown percentage, led the NFL in yards for a Oh, and he ran for 1,200 yards. And, you know, he he didn't really show that many signs of slowing down. I, his
0: 2019
1: season was so incredibly good, you figure he was going to break down to the mean at some point. He was still above average last year. And the finish he had for the Ravens, where they won five consecutive games in a playoff game, was incredible. I, I, I honestly feel with... A guy like Lamar Jackson, of those three quarterbacks, I honestly feel he's going to get paid the most. Uh, you know, I, I still think you got another good four to six years of peak Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, and that's a very good thing.
0: Yeah, so let me ask you this. This is the last question for you. Um, when you're looking at the NFL this year, do you have a dark horse team yet? Is there a team that you would look at and go like, yeah, they're not on everybody's radar necessarily, but they have a shot of going all the way this year?
1: Yeah, you know, Vince, I I always look at this every year. Last year, I thought the Arizona Cardinals were going to be that team, and yeah, it looked like that for a long, long time. And I, I'm saying, like, they you know they started six and three, and then Kyler Murray, you know, he got hurt. He wouldn't admit to anybody he got hurt. He wouldn't admit to me he got hurt. But you know, I kind of knew he was hurt. I even I even asked him, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And you know, <laughs> you saw that performance go, and they still should made the playoffs. And, you know, if Kyler Murray doesn't get hurt in week 17. They are a playoff team, so I thought they were my dark horse last year. This year, it's really, really difficult to pick one. Um, There are a couple teams I feel are going to be better than you and I think. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I think I'm going to double down on this. I actually think the Cardinals are going to be my dark horse team again. I would not be surprised if they won the NFC West. Economy stays healthy. Their offensive line is actually sneaky good. Their defense is a lot better. I think their running game is going to be better for Chase Edmonds and James Conner in there. As long as Cliff Kingsbury can stay out of his own way, I actually feel the Cardinals have a legitimate shot at winning the NFC West.
0: Well, yeah, and some of those things that you forget about, J.J. Watt, Arizona Cardinal, A.J. Green – Arizona Cardinal, Larry Fitzgerald. We'll see. He's, I, as far as I know, he's still taking his time and figuring it out. But, man, I mean, if you've got Fitzgerald, A.J. Green, Hopkins, like that's an interesting group of guys, man.
1: And they had a good draft, too. Uh, David Collins, uh, Rondell Moore. Uh, they're absolutely – look, the only thing I don't like about the Cardinals is, and, again, this is where Cliff Kingsbury and anybody else, he just does not care about tight ends at all. Like his one good tight end last year, he'd like to go to Carolina. They're letting Max Williams play tight end again, and – which is a mistake, but hey, you know what? The guy runs more four or five wide receiver sets than anybody in the NFL. You do you.
0: Yeah. So there he is, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. Jeff, thanks for hopping on the show, man.
1: Hey, Vince, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.